Hello and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Um, this week, I'm reviewing episode 1257 with Steve Sweeney. Steve Sweeney is a very old friend of Joe's. He's one of the guys that when Joe was starting out in Boston in the late 80s in comedy, in stand-up comedy, Steve was one of those guys that already put a lot of time in and was already crushing it, was already doing great work and uh you know dare i say mentor to joe maybe i mean definitely an inspiration you hear it in this conversation and it's something that that steve um doesn't really pay a lot of attention to like he doesn't necessarily believe that he was this huge inspiration but um i think he's flattered by it and it definitely comes along in this conversation. So I really enjoyed it. But anyway, let's start the review. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience Review, where each week I review every single episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. What more do you want? So yeah, Boston in the late 80s for comedy, stand-up comedy. That was a time. I mean, it isn't like it is today with stand-up comedy. There's a huge scene in L.A., a huge scene in in uh, New York. It, and, uh, you know, it was a different beast from what I understand in, in Boston. And, um, you know, you, you really developed like a unique type of act out there. And it's, and it's where Joe spent a lot of time. So when he's talking to Steve about the early days and about who was out there and what kind of damage people were doing it's really impressive um just to know that anybody survived that time it must have been so brutal um you hear about boston's audiences just being a different place too they were completely unforgiving you know it's joe always talks about it. it's a cold environment they don't have the patience to put up with people that aren't going to be funny and they're going to let you know about it and that's going to build a thick skin it's definitely gonna thin out the herd and get rid of guys that are just not really, you know, not going to be tough enough. Um, one thing that Steve said is advice for young comics. Don't ever work a place that's named after the guy, right? I don't. He doesn't really explain too much why it is. I think just because there's like such an ego hit there, you know, like if it's like Joe's Laugh House or something like don't don't work that. It's going to be a nightmare. The guy's going to be an idiot. But he also talks about how working clubs just kind of sucks. And he's saying it even today. Joe didn't really agree with that. But I think what Steve is really getting at is just at the end of the day, when you're working these smaller clubs, if people didn't specifically go for you, like if if you're on tour as a stand-up, you're just going around the country with your opener, someone else, the people that come out to see you are coming specifically to see you. They know your comedy a little bit. They know your style. They're far more likely to laugh. You know, they're going to give you a bit of energy. They're going to go. If they don't know you, then you've got to kind of just win them over with a solid set. And even at best, your style just may not fit whoever that crowd is. So it's a little tricky. There's certain comedians do better at that. Somebody like Gaffigan is always going to do well because... He's not an insulting comic. He doesn't use bad language. He's got a better chance of winning over more people. And then certain types of people, uh, like maybe one-liner, like 
joke writers that are just do one-liners or an Anthony Jeselnik that does really kind of dark humor. There's always going to be a huge group of people out there that don't appreciate it, right? Even though the comedy is superb uh, and very clever and very unique, you know, you're just not going to win some people over. And he gives that um, example when he's talking about working cruise ships too. So there's a lot of shitty jobs out there for stand-ups. You know, you could end up in a Chinese restaurant doing some gigs where most of the audience doesn't even speak English. And you can end up on a cruise line um, where you've got to be as clean as possible. He talks about getting fired from a cruise line job for some Mitt Romney joke that he had about being a Mormon where actually his dad was calling him a moron. I thought that was quite funny. That's a good joke. Um, It's a little cheesy, but to get fired from that seems a bit harsh. My question would have been, if you get fired on a cruise ship, what do you do? I mean, they don't exactly push you overboard. Do you just get to hang out for free then? I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, being on a cruise ship uh, wouldn't be the worst experience. Uh, Maybe doing stand-up or any entertainment on the cruise ship would be a pain in the ass. But at least you only have to do like an hour. Then you can just hang out all day. I guess it depends where the damn thing's going. They get into the usual boxing talk, right? Who's the greatest? Joe just kind of like wraps around to this every now and again. Um, I like it. It's always a, a good conversation, you know? A lot of it's samey, but it's but it's also not. And uh, I'm a big MMA fan. I have been for a long time. My knowledge of boxing in the past is not huge. So I always get something out of it. And it's cool for me because I like to... Uh, go back and watch old fights. Like if anybody suggests that something was a great fight or this happened or that happened, they talk about a lot of cheaters in boxing and uh, how kind of cheaters have kind of worked their way into uh, whether it's uh, putting stuff on their glove to like make the other fighter go blind for a little bit or even toughening up the gloves so that uh, they're more solid, like moving the 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 you know the padding out of the way and joe has great examples of this because his boxing knowledge is so high i mean uh it's fascinating to think of the of the cheap shit that people get up to uh in order to win but fuck it there's a lot of pressure on those things people want to win you know getting back into the comedy talk joe talks quite a bit about how he thought he'd never get any good at comedy and of course, what he was doing back in the late 80s when he was very young was comparing himself to some of these greats, people like Steve. And and just the idea that he could ever perform at that level seems so far out and there's so many nights of struggling that it was just never going to be possible. And I, and I think even both of them reiterated the idea that the goal was to never get rich or really even to never see it and not necessarily see it as a job as much as just being able to pay your bills. If you could just pay your bills and do comedy, that was really the goal. And I mean, to, to be honest, that's that's the goal today. I mean, I don't think people you'd be you'd be even more nuts than a regular comedian if you got into it thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get rich from this." Can happen, but doesn't happen very often, and it takes a long, long time. Um, the, another thing they talk about is is doing comedy kind of fucked up. So back in the day, Kennison, a lot of coke, even Steve tells a story about doing a bunch of blow. I mean, people, you can't really get fucked up. I guess you could get really stoned if you could hold it together, but you can't get drunk. 
And doing a bunch of coke would be a nightmare because all your timing would be off, you'd be jittery, you'd be a mess, the crowd would know you, something's weird. And it's it's a fine line. Again, that's why it's so nasty. If you could just get drunk to ease your nerves and then still do comedy well, trust me, almost every comedian would be an alcoholic. Because it's hard enough to get up there and get comfortable and the nerves and everything that you've got to deal with. Uh, if getting drunk was a way to make it work, everyone would do it. But sadly, it's not even the answer. Like You can't even use that as, as a way to, to get through this. I once did an open mic at this Irish pub. And uh, it was so brutal because they had this guy open for us. So even at open mics, sometimes they either pay somebody to come in and do like 10 minutes just to kind of open it up. Somebody that's usually a little better than an open micer. They do maybe 10 minutes or 15, whereas the open micers maybe get five minutes. And the idea is that they're a little better. They kind of get the crowd warmed up. Everyone's having a little bit of fun. It adds just some legitimacy to the show because open mics are so bad as it is. Well, this fucking guy came in. He immediately opened up with the fact that he was drunk. He was like, I'm drunk. I've been drinking. And everyone's just looking at each other like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, he sounded drunk. He starts talking about how he's a crack baby. Well, you know, that's unfortunate for him. But I mean, with the right jokes, that could be a funny bit. It wasn't funny at all. It was just the fact that he was a crack baby and he didn't know who his parents are. And I'm just like, okay, that's really depressing and not funny at all. Then he said, hey, um, you could be where I am one day if you work hard enough. And I'm like, what? Opening an, at, at like an open mic? I'm like, chill out, bro. And then if he couldn't depress everybody enough, he turned to the entire crowd, which was mostly made up of other comedians. That's how open mics work. And he said, none of you are going to make it. None of you. And he goes, I'm just saying statistically. And I was like, there better be a funny fucking joke at the end of this. Otherwise, someone's going to hit this dude with a chair. And it wasn't. It wasn't funny. He just depressed everyone, and the whole night was a complete disaster because the entire crowd was just done. People were leaving in the middle of his set. It was so brutal. And and this is just a, one of the few experiences of open mics that I know of. So when I hear from these guys, you know, how it works and what they go through and and you know obviously someone like joe and steve have a ton of experience it's really fascinating to hear the similarities steve now talks about how he's sober and he's been sober for a long time probably because it's doing nothing for his stand-up and and making things worse being you know being messed up on whatever drugs that he did and uh what's really cool is tonight so it's tuesday the 5th right now uh, Joe invited him to the improv, the Hollywood improv. So if you are in the LA area and you want to see Rogan perform, you never have seen him perform, go tonight and go watch him. You know, this podcast comes out at about three. So if you listen to it quick enough, you got a bit of time. But he's inviting Steve up. Steve's going to do a set. So that's pretty cool. I didn't know about this guy before then. I might head up tonight and watch this. Um, you know, it, it's it's just... It's going to be cool to watch him and, and see what he's made of and, uh, and yeah, go from there. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a nice day. Peace.